Hey everyone, Nick here. Welcome to this week's show. So I've just got back from a bit of travel. For those of you who have listened to the show for some time, you know that I like to get on a plane, get out of my usual environments, usually every quarter, and I like to put myself into a different environment, a different room to grow, to learn, to be challenged, to refresh, you know, to to get a different perspective on things. So I've just got back from one such trip. So I'm going to share with you the trip, but I'm also going to share with you some of the learnings that I had because I ended up going to a pretty cool mastermind called War Room, which is run by Ryan Dice and Roland Fraser and some others. But I just want to talk a little bit about the trip in general because I think a lot of people reach out to me and they say, you know, Nick, you know, you do this this travel, you go away all the time, you know, I, I don't think I can do that. You know, my business is here, I need to run the business. Well, again, no judgment here, but there's probably a lesson for you even in that comment, right? Because, you know, the reason that we are entrepreneurs, the reason that we are business owners, I believe, is that at least part of it is because we want freedom. And if you're in the position right now where, you don't own the business, but the business owns you, then you need to think of some ways, some strategies to get yourself out of that situation. Okay. So quite often with my clients, when they're saying things to me like that, I say, listen, we're going to work up to you being able to get out of your business for at least a month. In fact, we're going to, we're going to end up with a position where you can get out of your business for three to six months. And then you know that you have fully built a leverage machine that can operate without you being the cog in the wheel. Okay, but that's a separate point. That's not the topic. <laughs> that's not the topic of today's episode. Today's episode is the lessons that I've learned that you can learn too from attending an eight-figure mastermind. So I went to LA first and ended up, this is quite funny, I had to I had to change my flight actually because just before I was going to go out there, a couple of days before, I got a call from a good friend, Rowan Chef, a friend and business partner, actually. And he said, can you get to LA by around 6 p.m.? Because we're having dinner with Jay Abraham, right? Now, most people listening will know who Jay Abraham is. If you don't know, Google him right now, or you can listen to a previous interview that I had with Jay about 12 to 18 months ago. He is a legend, an absolute legend in the marketing and business strategy world. In fact, probably up there with the most preeminent business minds of all time. So when you get the opportunity to have an intimate dinner with someone like that, you kind of do what you need to do to get there. So that's what I did. So the first thing I did was change my flight. I got into LA at 4 p.m. I only I only travel with, with hand luggage, with carry-on uh, luggage, because I like to have uh, the flexibility of not losing anything and being able to move quickly through um, sort of transit. And the other thing I have, because I go to the US a lot, is something called global entry, which means I don't have to line up in those terrible customs and security queues. So this was a good idea, right? Certainly for this trip, because I got there at 4 p.m. I managed to jump off the plane, uh, get through security in, in record speed. But of course, in LA, for those of you who know what that is like, the other challenge is traffic, right? To get across town when you're approaching peak hour can take hours upon hours upon hours. So as luck would have it, you know, I got through, as I said, everything pretty quickly. I managed to get into an Uber 
There was a few hiccups with trying to find out where the Ubers leave from at LAX, but I managed to get through that. You know, you kind of think, come on, Nick, you run multiple businesses. You should be able to work out where you can get a bloody cab from. Well, trust me, get there and try and do it. You've got to go to another place to get an Uber. It doesn't even come from the, the actual airport itself. Anyway, got in that and I managed to get to dinner at about... 615, 6.20. Um, so I was about 15 to 20 minutes late for the 6 p.m. start. But you know, I got there and it was awesome. It was awesome. So I sat down with a couple of my mates and Jay. So there's only four of us there. We were there for about three hours. We heard story after story of different things that Jay had done, stuff that you won't get in the book, stuff that you won't hear elsewhere. It was literally like, you know, some mates catching up for dinner. We talked about the economy. We talked about why right now today is the best time to be an entrepreneur, regardless of all the things that are going on with inflation and, and all this instability. Amazing stuff. We talked about acquisitions, of course. We talked about investments. We talked about wealth transfer, uh, the fact that there are so many baby boomers retiring, what impact that's going to have in the world, but importantly, what impact and opportunity that has for us. And so in many cases, it it validated a lot of what my message has been, you know, certainly over the last couple of years around why, you know, now is the best time to be buying businesses versus starting them really. And also what you can do around that. So some of his principles of scale up and all those sort of things were, were just astounding. So we left the conversation by agreeing that we should partner and we should do some stuff together, which again was just a, a huge moment for me. And to share with you why that's the case, not just because Jay is, is as I said, just such a fantastic thought leader in, in the world of business. But when I started this journey myself to be more entrepreneurial, a lot of you know that I ended up going to a Tony Robbins event and it was at that event that I started to realize that what I was doing previously wasn't really my mission, so I changed everything. And that was where I first learned that Jay had been one of the architects of Tony Robbins' Business Mastery. So to, to have the opportunity to potentially partner with Jay, someone who kind of you know has helped be very close to what Tony has built and a few of the other people that I admire in this space, was kind of like some serendipitous circle starting to complete, right? <laughs> Certainly hasn't completed yet. And I know the journey is going to be a lot more interesting as things go forward. But to have the opportunities like that, I, I'm just incredibly grateful for. So that was the start of the trip. So as I said from the outset, getting yourself into a different environment, a different room can change everything. And this was just like day one, right? I was away for a week. This was day one, dinner with Jay Abraham, just super cool. So from there, I ended up going to uh, Mexico, to Cabo San Lucas, to War Room. So War Room is a mastermind, as I said, that's run by Ryan Dice and Roland Fraser. And it is specifically for seven and eight figure entrepreneurs. So to get in the door there, you've got to have a business that's doing, I think it's above two or three million in revenue. Um, but to be honest, most people in the room that I was there, around about 100, 120 entrepreneurs, most of them had eight figure or more businesses. And <laughs> there was a funny statistic. You will laugh at this. Uh, I, I kind of asked the question. I said, oh, how many people here turned up in their private jet? And I reckon about 25% of the room did. So, so that kind of says something. You've got to be doing something right to be able to genuinely afford a private jet as opposed to you see people bloody renting the things just to get photos on Instagram. And this wasn't the case here. You know, the people in this room were the real deal. So why did I go? 
Now, I mentioned before, it's about learning, it's about perspective, it's about trying to um, find out more about what I can do, but it's also about challenging myself because I like to go into rooms where, you know, I've been sitting at some big private equity desks in some of the biggest firms in the world. But when you go into these these kind of epicenters of entrepreneurial creativity, you learn different stuff. And for me, it can be a bit intimidating because the entrepreneurial space for me is new. I mean, the business scale up and and, and consulting and, and all that sort of stuff isn't. But, you know, being around such amazing creators, you know, can sometimes for me feel quite intimidating. So I have to I have to put myself in those positions because I know that's where I'm getting the most growth. But the topic of today's episode really is what can you learn? What can you learn from that experience, you know, being in that room? And I want to unpack a few of the things that I did learn over over the, the space of two days so that you can, for yourself, think about whether you should be doing this too. I mean, I can, I, I can only say it so many times. The quickest way to get to A to B or from A to B is to get yourself out of your current comfort zone. Get yourself around people who have been there and done it before so you can learn not from just the way that they have done it, but also from the mistakes and the challenges that they experienced along the way. Quickest way from A to B, get yourself in these rooms, get mentors, all that sort of thing. If you want to do the slow path, try and do it yourself. <laughs> Again, I've said it before, I have struggled with it myself before. I haven't invested in myself maybe enough in my early years, but now I have absolutely made up for it <laughs> without going into the into the detail of how much I've invested both time and money-wise, but I think you can get a fair idea. Okay, so what did I learn? So firstly, when you go into a room like that, I would have expected a lot more ego, right? You know, people trying to one-up themselves, you know, who's the biggest guy in the room, all that sort of thing. But what you find in those environments is that's not the case. I think, you know, I've said before, there's this, side, this, this concept of what sits on the other side of money. And everyone in that room has made enough money, built enough wealth that I think the idea that they need to continuously, you know, um, you know, keep going, keep going is more about the fact that they want to see what they're made of and what they can do, as opposed they're trying to, you know, just get to those first tranches of financial freedom. Now, that is pretty huge, right, when you think about it, because a lot of the people that we may hang around hang around with in our normal day-to-day quite haven't achieved that yet, okay? So what we're talking about here is people who have certainly ticked that box. The second thing is that as much as everyone there is, is you know, the ego wasn't there, it's also, also this kind of um, feeling of wanting to help and help everyone get to the next level. So as I, as I went around the room and met everybody and things like that, you know, the first question most people asked is, well, what do you do? But the second thing is, you know, how can, how can I help you, you know? And as you start to unpack what everyone's done in that room, you get the real sense of what a mastermind is. A mastermind is, is not just about someone teaching from a stage. It's about all the people in the room who have got different experiences and maybe different skill sets being able to contribute. Okay, so that was that was something that was very obvious. So we had some different themes. You know, one of the themes that was talked about was performance, building performance through people. So when you look at culture and fit, so there were some really interesting uh, ideas shared around how you can start to map the performance of the people in your business and align that back to culture. And it was quite scientific, actually. It was it was really about putting metrics behind that, so that you can quantify what's working and what's not. And sometimes I think we we 
underplay culture as an important thing in business. But the thing I thought was interesting is this was put right at the top of the agenda. And I think that is true. And as as leaders, CEOs, business owners, sometimes we forget that the things that are hard to quantify, hard to measure other things that perhaps we shouldn't focus on as much. You know, perhaps that's something that we we kind of think just because we want to look at the financial side of our businesses. But this was this was flipped on its head, so to speak. The other thing that I thought was interesting was um, how granular these guys are with marketing, you know, and it, it wasn't a marketing conference, um, a mastermind. It was a, it was a business, a business and growth mastermind. And these guys are the leaders of their businesses, but they were very, very heavily involved in all aspects of marketing, even down to things like copywriting, knowing uh, the return on ad spend, knowing what campaigns were happening and how many leads were being driven. They all had a very, very strong uh, grasp, if you like, on the key metrics driving their business. So, so that was interesting to me as well, because sometimes I think, you know, we delegate that stuff out. We think, oh, we've got a great chief marketing officer in. And perhaps we should, you know, be able to get the best people. But these guys were all very focused on that. And I sometimes call that the front end of the business. So if you haven't got a predictable way of of driving leads, driving referrals, you know, giving you opportunities to make offers and close, then everything else in your business becomes that much difficult, right? You know, so it's great to have operational processes, the right people in the right seats. But if you're not making enough money, be that revenue or profit, you know, that becomes such a big thing that you don't have the resources to do anything else. So that for me was was another thing. So, you know, the fact that these guys were all over that that commercial marketing front end of the business. The next thing is, it's quite an interesting one, that execution is more preeminent, if you like, versus strategy. Now, quite a lot of us think sometimes that, you know, the strategy is the most important thing. Of course, action is important, but but I again found that we spoke more at this mastermind about execution and the precision of execution than we did about strategy. And I thought about that because because sometimes I, I I get quite strategic. I talk about operating at the thirty thousand foot view, but of course that means nothing unless the rubber hits the road, right? That expression that unless you actually do something with the the strategy that you are talking about or thinking about. And we focused a lot on execution. So it was the, the, the things that have to happen in the right order with the right resources behind them to get the result, to get the outcome. So I thought that was, again, pretty cool. Something that maybe if you've never been to anything like this before or if you haven't got an eight-figure business yet, you might be thinking, oh, the way for me to get to eight figures is to be more strategic, when actually it might be the opposite. You know, Perhaps it's about taking more considered action, You know, being relentless at execution. So that was something, an insight that I, that I took away and thought, actually, you know what? I need to probably be a little bit more relentless in execution with my businesses. And the final thing I'll share is, <laughs> and this was a great one for me, uh, a lot of the guys there were building something quite extraordinary, like these massive businesses doing you know, literally millions per week or per month in revenue. But none of them had an exit plan. <laughs> None of them really had this idea of a vision, if you like, or a more um, detailed vision of what their exit was going to be in the future. So as I worked myself around the room and people asked, well, so what do you do, Nick? And I said, well, I'm the exit guy, right? I, you know, I help people build high value businesses that they can exit at some point in the future. 
there was a lot of interest in that topic. And that surprised me. It surprised me because I thought, well, surely, surely as we as we create these things, we also have to think about what we want from them. And I know that an exit isn't isn't the thing that everyone thinks about all the time. But again, in the world of private equity, where I came from, that's what we thought about a lot, right? You know, we didn't start an initiative without understanding where we were going to create the most value from that, right? And this is where, again, an epiphany for me was, if these business owners are creating huge amounts of value, getting heaps of success, heap of momentum, but they don't know where that's going, right? There isn't a a destination or even a North Star that they can kind of, you know, head towards, then surely the risk of that is a burning out, you know, running too fast without without understanding kind of where they're going to reap the reward of all that hard work. And and I think, you know, it's not to say that there's a right or a wrong to this, but you need to have at least an indication of what you're working towards and a point where that transitions, you know, where there's that transfer so that you can achieve freedom, wealth and impact. And as I shared my thoughts on that, as I talked about what we did in private equity and and the different exits I've been involved in, there was a huge amount of, I think, awareness that was gained by the people I spoke to because they realized that even though they've been great at building, growing and scaling their business, they have to realize the value of that journey at some point. And for a lot of them, it was a, a sort of awakening moment and I suppose that was my contribution. You know, that was my contribution. And as I, as I spoke to Ryan Dice, as I mentioned, who's one of the founders of War Room, he was um, certainly interested in the granularity that I go into when I talk about exiting and the precision uh, and wanted to um, share notes because that's something that they want to be able to help advise to all their members in the future. So that was a, a great opportunity for me and potentially an opportunity to partner with those guys. You know, they've been creating these amazing masterminds for years. So it was certainly worthwhile me um, getting into their frame as well. So I'll pause there and and just do a quick summary of that. Um, I'm a little bit tired. I just got back, so a bit jet lagged. So please uh, excuse if I'm rambling a little bit here, but I'm sharing this literally as it's fresh in my mind. But, you know, first and foremost, my lessons, what did I learn? You know, when you get the opportunity to get into a room with amazing people you should take it, right? You know, the excuses of I can't and all that sort of thing, you kind of just got to find a way. Whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed, whenever I'm feeling, you know, any fear, uncertainty, I'm not immune to these things, right? You know, I still see changes in the in the economy. When COVID hit, I had to adjust and pivot some things in my business. I found that the solution for me is always to put myself in a different environment and it works every single time. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when you when you get yourself into a room, one of the tests for me is, do I feel a little bit scared and uncomfortable when I'm going into it? That for me means that I'm in the right place because if I keep going to a place that's let's say full of private equity guys or full of businesses that are sort of you know seven figure you know you know those sort of things right where I've been in the been in the past, I'm not, I'm not learning as much right, and I need to get into these rooms where it's just a little bit more uncomfortable and then I know I'm learning. Okay, so that's the second point. And the third point really is what I just summarized to you, all the different lessons. When you go into these environments, sometimes you think it's going to be a certain way. You think that these businesses and business owners that have, you know, built great businesses, when you look at them from the outside, they have everything in place. But there always are going to be gaps. So even if you're going into a room like that and you're not the biggest guy in the room, 
you are going to have experiences, skills, maybe the mindset to share. And there are going to be people in those environments that need your message and they need what you can you can provide and give to them. Okay, so think of it this way. You're going there to get what you need, but you're also going there to make a bigger contribution as well. So there we are. That was my recent trip uh, <laughs> to War Room. Definitely worth checking it out if you're interested in joining something like that, if your business is of that level. I will be going out again. So I'm recording this now. It is July. I'll be going out again in September. Then I'm going out again in November to a couple of different events. And, and that is the way I do things. So if you ever want to learn about what I get involved in and those sort of things, then you know please get in touch. And equally, if you want to get involved in any of the stuff that I run, because I run my own masterminds and my own programs as well, taking in those different uh, philosophies that I mentioned today, then get in touch about that too. That's it for today. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.